Welcome to Type Talks. Today we're here to talk about ENTJ life advice with an almost whole new set of ENTJs. And so Jivan, would you like to tell us a bit about you? Sure. Thanks. Thanks, Joyce, for having me today. Uh, hi, my name is Jivan Dongre. I come from Bangalore, India. Uh, I run my own startup, technology startup based out of Bangalore and uh, USA both. Uh, I started uh, this venture in 2019 with four people and today it's a hundred people company. Uh, uh, working with more than 30 customers globally. So, and I'm the CEO of the company as well. So yeah, that's about me. Uh, happy to be the part of this group. Yeah, we're happy to have you, Chifan. So. Thank you. Yeah, he is the ENTJ CEO stereotype. You don't have to be a CEO to be an ENTJ, but it's just funny how he is. And so Allison. Hi everyone. Thanks Joyce too for doing this. This is incredible. And I'm the founder of Empire Life. I'm a business and life mentor for female business owners wanting to scale their online empires. So their businesses, aka their empires. Female empowerment all the way. And Mercer? I'm Mercer. Uh, I'm a clinical laboratory scientist. Um, I am the leader of a group called Mongolian Mindset. It's all about uh, self-improvement. Um, we pretty much talk about everything in the group. But our goal is to make everyone a better person. And that gets into finances, um, stuff like that, finances, what becomes MBTI related, um, working out, fitness, just all endeavors of life. Um, that's our mission. That's our goal. And we hope to expand that um, into something big one day. So that's what that's what I'm doing currently now. Heck yeah. Lovely to see all these ENTJ founders of different ambitions or businesses. Very cool. And Dion? Uh, hello, everyone. I'm Dion. Um, I'm here in Michigan. I am. I just got started with my own LLC. It's called Decision Executive LLC. So what I do is I help small and large business owners to help uh, make better business decisions. Um, I actually just got started. I just got my first client for a state farm agency. So that's what I'm currently doing now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's it. You help with the big picture decision-making for business moves. That's really cool. And Lawrence. Hey guys, I'm, I'm Lawrence. Uh, I guess I'm the combo breaker here. Uh, I, I don't, I don't own I'm not a business owner. Um, I'm 28 years old, uh, based on San Francisco. Uh, I'm currently a hedge fund analyst. Um, so I, I trade stocks for a living, um, Facebook, Google, Amazon, Netflix, um, and yeah, uh, that's, that's me. Excellent stuff. We have a variety of ENTJs on this panel. Cool. So hi, my name is Joyce. I'm a certified MBTI master practitioner and I facilitate the instrument in organizations. I also coach people and I help people in the discovery process of figuring out their best fit type. And so ENTJs. I'm wondering, what are your greatest strengths? What do people typically say you do really well or that you do well in comparison to others you notice? So in my perspective, uh, my biggest strength is, uh, strength is uh, seeing the future, what is coming in the future and start preparing for that uh, from today itself. And uh, when, when the time comes, I'm... I come very, very well prepared and uh, I feel that's one of my biggest strengths, uh, seeing the future and, you know, see what is coming uh, uh, 
you know and uh, my biggest weakness is not being sensitive enough not being emotional enough to understand the and understand and empathize with people uh, that is something that i realized uh, when i started talking to joyce and i actively started working on that uh, basically reduced emotional quotient is what i feel that's one of the weakness i can say very succinctly put yeah i'm sure a lot of the entgs here can relate to that as well yeah to add on to what javan said i feel uh, for my strengths it is being able to zoom out and see the big picture and since i'm guiding female business owners that serves extremely well because i can see maybe areas where they're not seeing or maybe blind spots and be able to zoom out and then say okay well 5 years from now you want this this is what you need to do this is your roadmap and for myself as well for my child and partner i can i feel like i can kind of anticipate what somebody might say in a situation or how situations can play out and for weaknesses i feel vulnerability is a huge one for me so i had a really rough childhood or grew up in a in a really dangerous area and learning how to trust i think i'm still easing into that <laughs> and knowing when to trust people because i think vulnerability is a super powerful tool and actually is a strength when we hone that in yet it's about for me knowing when to feel comfortable to be vulnerable with someone and trust uh, is a is a huge one for me and loyalty of course i think when i feel trusting and loyal to a person that makes it easier to be vulnerable and even then that can be a a weakness to he's into the vulnerability even though i feel those things so i think that's that's a huge one for me and a part of vulnerability is emotional vulnerability as well which ENTJs might have to grow into but when they realize that vulnerability is a resource it's a really good asset to have in your life it becomes an incentive to learn how to bring out the inner teddy bear it's like all right the teddy bear is inside but how do people see it on the outside instead of getting a little bit of intimidation or how can i put out a more teddy bear front instead of a more logical front to other people Oh, I wanted to add to that. I'm okay if someone feels intimidated. That's not something that I've I've overcome that because I can't change who I am, right? So if they have a issue with that, you know that that's not for me to change how they feel about how I present myself. But I think with my inner circle, that's where I want to ease more into the emotional vulnerability. I guess I'll go. Um, so my weaknesses would be empathy. I'm not the person you call when you just went through something. That's just not the person you call. Um, I don't really like excuses. Um, I feel like you just should just get it done. Um, if you're gonna call me with something, people will just. I've learned that people just want to be heard and not uh, told exactly what to do. Um, so <clears throat> that area of my life is not where you want to be. Um, I think another weakness would be relationships. Um, my goal in the future would be to be a great husband, great father, and that's always going to be a tough thing for an NTJ. Um, it's to make sure your kids don't hate you. Like, just this is be honest. Like, to make sure they don't hate you because the thing is, we have a very dominating nature, very dominating nature. 
uh, very strong will. We think we know what's right at all times. So that sometimes can burn up relationships, you know. Um, but that's like the weaknesses. The strengths is like getting things done. Like if, if you want something to get done, you tell me, I'll figure out how to get it done. Um, if you are in a situation, um, I can tell you the best best move on the board. Like that's what I do. I tell people the best move on the board. This is the best move on the board. I'm taking it. Um, I'm really good at telling people what to do. I feel like that's like my superpower, just like flat out, just telling people what to do. Like, okay, do this, do this, do this. That's when things run 100% great, perfect for, for me and everybody else. And everybody else is happy because they're getting results. I'm happy because we're getting results. Um, I'm very good at inspiring my people, my team, um, getting people motivated, um, almost like putting flame into their soul. Um, so, um, yeah, that's that's me. I mean, I'm good at making sure things go as planned. And I'm very competitive. And that comes with uh, pluses and minuses. Well, I should probably dial back the competitiveness, but I just can't do it. I, I just I just can't do it. But that's for me. Yeah, I had a lot of ENTJ nodding in the background. They're like, yeah, we, we were late, Mercer. Anyone else want to add on to that? Yeah, I would say, I mean, I relate a lot of to what Mercer and Allison are saying. Um, my biggest strength is probably just delegating. I think when I get with people with my friends, they always just kind of want me to coordinate something. And I find myself getting irritated when they don't do what I say. And it's like, even with me starting my management consulting practice, it's funny because like I have to always kind of readjust the person from taking too long from getting to the point. So they just want to share a whole story. And I'm just like, look, can you just focus in on this aspect? What do you want to do? Just give me three bullet points without going into this old tangent of a story that's absolutely about nothing. Just get right to the point. And it's, it's, I, I like that strength of being able to delegate because I'm always finding people who are like, who are better at something than the next person. That's how I'm able to build teams a lot. Like, I'm like, you're good at this, you're good at this, so you should do this, you should do that. And it usually works. Um, my biggest weakness is probably, would probably be the same as everyone else, probably is the vulnerability thing. Um, I don't like to be vulnerable. I feel like a lot of people will tell you, oh, use your feelings, you got it. I think it's completely stupid to do that um, because. You, I mean, I think what ENTJ is, we do a lot of external data. And so a lot of people nowadays are just so adamant about like, oh, it's your subjective truth and things like that. I'm like, okay, go out there and try to produce it. And if it works and it does, if it does work, then you know it's telling you the truth. And if it doesn't, then you know it's not the truth. So like, you know, most people have, a, um, I don't like when people lie to people or lie to your, or when people lie to themselves. You can't produce because of X, Y, Z. It's not because of, oh, it's, you know, I can't get out of bed, um, and I don't like lazy people. So I think what Mercer was saying, it's not so much the empathy, because I can relate to people with sympathy. I don't feel sorry for people. I don't give money to the homeless because I feel like they could have gotten a job. I don't feel like it was. I don't feel like, um, I don't mind saying it's always their fault, but the majority of the time it is. And maybe it's because I'm just here in Michigan, where I feel like a lot of people just kind of panhandling still. But... Yeah, I would say that was probably my biggest weakness, just being vulnerable and um, showing sympathy. You see the theme of excuses. It's like sometimes people let their emotionality create excuses. And so I think sometimes ENTJs, there can be a hesitancy to engage in the emotion because emotions can bring down your rationality. So it feels like that might not be the best place to go to. So Lawrence. Yeah, so I think I think everyone kind of touched upon um, everything like the strengths, like natural leadership abilities, uh, strategic thinking, being able to think ahead, uh, being very efficient um, and boldness. 
uh, for in terms of strengths and weaknesses, like maybe being a little bit more on the patient side, uh, being too blunt, uh, maybe being a little bit arrogant in terms of uh, leadership style. Um, the, the only the only thing I would add is kind of on, on your point on uh, difficulty with emotions. Um, so it's something that, uh, so my girlfriend's an INFP. Um, she always jokes that she thinks I'm very robotic when it comes to leading and delegating and um, being being a little bit impatient and not like uh, like fully understanding like the emotional side of, of things because um, everyone kind of works, especially when you're delegating tasks, like works at their own pace, uh, has different, different working styles, um, and sometimes they need more of an emotional connection. Um, and so uh, to that to that point, that, that's the only, th only thing I would add. There's a very good summation of the strengths and weaknesses of the ENTJ. It's very amazing how, how you guys are able to put your strengths and weaknesses in such a concise bullet point format as Dion was talking about. Like ENTJs are like, do, 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 do. And then you have it all laid out. Whereas some other types, they meander and they talk a lot through their answers. It's very concise with the ENTJs. You're like, main point, main point, main point, done. <laughs> and so my question is, what life advice would you give to your younger self or to other young ENTJs? I would say my biggest advice uh, to younger ENTJs is just be patient. Like, I, I think ENTJs have a tendency to just want to get things done as quickly as possible. Um, and like, you want to see results really, really quickly. Um, however, I guess success in whatever field I think takes often takes a lot of time, perseverance, um, and sometimes uh, building relationships, which might or doing things more slowly um, might might seem inadvisable at first, but uh, over the long run, it, it's more worth it. Um, so that that would be my biggest advice. So my biggest advice to the anger ENTJs would be stop looking for external validations. Uh, you all have, you got it, right? I mean, you're there almost, you're almost there. So you don't have to seek external advices or validations about what you feel is right or wrong. Just close your eyes and run and, you know, the world is yours to conquer. I would say to younger Dion and younger ENTJs that the emotions are okay. I think uh, a lot of times with ENTJs, we get... Um, we're so used to having to perform or do that we feel like emotions become too invalid. But at that point, you start to become inhumane. So those emotions that you're feeling, if someone says something that was mean or disrespectful, it's okay to say that that was wrong and that hurt your feelings. So I would say, you know, uh, to any ENTJ that if you do have those certain kind of emotions, you can still be TE driven, but it's also better to be balanced. So it's okay that if, you know, you felt a certain way, you wanted to cry, you so uh, that it was wrong, it, it was wrong, so. Okay, I'll say this. Um, what I would tell the younger version of myself or a younger ENTJ, I would tell them flat out, read more books, flat out. If you're not reading 20 to 30 books a year, what, what are you really doing? Um, that's gonna be primarily how you get things done or how you become more effective. Um, work on communication, that's number another big thing. Um, get into EQ stuff, um, emotional intelligence type stuff. And listen more and be more open-minded. I feel like when I was younger, I was not as open-minded as I am now. Um, so that's what, what I would say. Uh, I was going to add on to that too, Mercer, uh, that there was a point in my early 20s that I ordered, I think it was 50 books. And I found them all on half-price books, all about psychology, 
business, sales, marketing, everything I could get my hands on. And I think that was really my ticket out of learning new patterns and patterns that I had seen from my childhood and thinking, okay, I can replace some of these philosophies and these beliefs with my own or questioning, is this a philosophy I truly believe in? Or is this something I want to twerk to be a tweak to be like, exactly what fits with my life and analyzing all of my philosophies or beliefs and how they affected my life and how also I think being okay with gently letting people go in my life that were not going to be on that path with me to success or think I was let's say demanding or to this or to that or too much or too big which I've been told a lot in my life. So being okay with that's how you feel. And that's, I accept that, that I can move along my own path. I don't need to have people around me who are not, who are unsupportive because the people who are supportive exist. And those are the, and who want similar values or similar ideals in life and to be patient with, allowing those people space in my life to be able to move together towards a common goal. Yeah, that's so true. I think books is really good for expanding your perspective too. So Mercer talked about the black and whiteness an ENTJ might have younger. And then when they're older, they learn to open up their mind. And so that's one of the great ways to do that. And yeah, finding people who support your life path, that is so important. Well said, well said. I, I, I guess I have a question on, on the book's point is, is, are, are, is like re reading books, I guess, takes a lot of time. And um, I guess like if you, if you include kind of fiction, like it, it doesn't necessarily have a specific use case. It might not be the most efficient way of like processing information. Like you could listen to podcasts on 2x speed. You could read book summaries. Like um, is reading books typically a characteristic of ENTJs or is, is, it, is it not? I'm just curious. Yeah, uh, I tried listening to podcasts, watching videos. I was way too distracted, but book is something that I can glue to and finish very quickly. I was not a great reader, not an avid reader per se, but I started reading, I think, a year ago or so. And uh, by now, I think I have finished more than 30, 35 books. And initially, when you start reading, you don't know which book to read and how to get started. Just start reading something which is interesting. You will eventually you develop that taste and you know what exactly you want to read and what resonates with your soul. So, yeah. From the oh, you go, oh, you go, Dion, bro. I was like, Mercy already explained your topic about books. Let me say something. No, I'm kidding. But um, no, I, I I think even when I was a young age, I've always had a love for reading. I mean, that was the first thing my grandma used to always point out, and my uncle was like. Uh, you just love to read. And I think that actually helped out a lot with my uh, growing up, you know, BAT, Dom. Um, and it's funny that my, I don't, I never like really actually reading fictional books. I've always liked more of the non-fictional books. So any books that help me kind of to like improve on something, I thought that's the most efficient method. However, being into that, you just cannot simply just read books only. I mean, podcasts help a lot more, but just reading books alone, um, it, it kind of gives you the method, like the idea of what you're going to, but you sometimes have to actually go and do the work. I see a lot with books. So the books, like, they help, but you have to actually do it. Like, I have, like, a stack of library of all the same books people talk about, the 48 Laws of Power, 
the power of a habit, um, rich dad, poor dad, all these different things that can make you more efficient, but you have to actually go out and do the work. But Lawrence, that is a great question. I think uh, it's most ENTJs that they, we do are, we are our, like advocate readers of books, but they have to be guiding towards something like um, useful information. I don't like just information for having it. So. Like self-improvement type stuff. So I'll say um, TE on a very principal level is a lot of outside sources. TE people love outside sources. So books going around with outside sources. So uh, yeah, being a being in the first spot, that means basically what you're primarily good at. Uh, that's what you're gonna you're gonna use, and that's what's gonna make you more effective. Uh, for me, I think ENTJs definitely need to work on internal logic because it's okay to be able to read books, but you got to be able to think for yourself. Okay, I think sometimes ENTJs can get away from that. Um, they can kind of outsource everything so much that they don't learn anything themselves, and I believe in the long term that'll burn you up. Yeah, and a part of liking reading too also reflects on. Everyone has a different learning style, so you might meet ENTJs with certain mediums they enjoy over others. So, yeah, I agree with everyone. Would also add the caveat of individual differences there, too. And so my next question is, what is the best advice you've ever been given by someone else? Uh, best advice that I got uh, is fortune favors the brave. Uh, that kind of changed the way I look at the world and developed a new perspective of, of the world. So I, I would love to go with the fortune favors the brave. There is fortune at the other end of risk. The best things require some level of braveness. Okay, I'll say um, for me, um, my English teacher in uh, ninth grade told me, just because you don't do something doesn't mean the world will end. Uh, and I think to me, it really changed my perspective of everything. Uh, it let me think more about load management. Um, and, you know, it's okay to not do some things, you know, uh, take the pressure off yourself. Um, so that has been the best advice that I've gotten um, from my, my English teacher, Sam Walker. So, yeah. Sometimes you might have an ENTJ who wants, who feels responsible for the success of the mission. And so learning to take a little bit of the pressure off makes a lot of sense. Mercer. I'll jump in. Well, my English teacher said no and or or buts. You cannot start. <laughs> but that helped me when I was writing my first book. Uh, you just reminded me. And I wasn't a great writer or reader when I was younger. And I'm sure she was rolling in her grave thinking, this lady? She's a best-selling author? What? Well, that's a, that's a side note. Some of the best advice that I received is when you have your own business, you are your own superpower because there might be somebody out there who's doing something similar to you, but they will, because they're not you, they will attract different people and they have maybe different quirks than you do. So therefore there's really no competition yet with yourself because we're our own superpower and we will attract who we're meant to attract for our our clients or the people who are supposed to be in our community. Yeah, that's really great, Allison. And it also goes back to what Mercer mentioned. Like, it, it seems like there's a theme of taking the pressure off of you. So it's like, you are, you will attract what you will attract. So you don't have to be the sole, like you don't have to be worrying about every single aspect because it, it'll fall into place as long as you put effort in. Yeah. 
as long as the system is good, success is an inevitable outcome of a good system. So makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, I, I would say the best advice I've been given is uh, to embrace feedback and treat it like a gift um, and try to proactively ask for it wherever you can. I think uh, as as ENTJs, we can oftentimes be like confident and like an assertive individuals and think that we always know what's best. But uh, I, I, I like to think of feedback as kind of like a shortcut to becoming the best version of yourself because uh, you're not going to know if you're doing something incorrectly unless unless you hear from someone else. So. Uh, yeah, embracing feedback uh, is probably the best advice. The best advice I got was from my uncle was basically to uh, slow down and be more patient. Um, we can, I think, his uh, being an ENTJ or the kind of person I am, you can try to rush and do everything at once. So it kind of goes back to that taking that pressure off yourself. You're trying to do all these different things and trying to always be in charge and try to make sure everything goes right, but you could be burning yourself out doing that. So sometimes it's kind of slowing down and realizing, like, everything has its due time. And that used to give me trouble a lot in school. Like I try to rush, 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 rush. Like, all right, I got it. <laughs> it's done. That's it. And um, we usually ended up in a failed test because <laughs> I rushed something. So that's why it's important. But it is important to slow down and just kind of let things do the process. Like even when sometimes I'm reading, I can kind of want to skip over certain things. Like, okay, I got to point it up. Let me go to the next thing. But if you really slow down and take it in bit by bit more, be more milestone than just the the outcome. So just trying to enjoy the progress before the actual project or goal, I should say. That makes a whole lot of sense. Lawrence mentioned getting feedback. That is a very wonderful way of opening up your mind too. So we talked a lot about ENTJs slowing down to see the gray and also to, to see a wider perspective as well too. So feedback is another great way to, to develop that. And Dion said, slow down. And so, yeah, there, there can be a fast pacedness to ENTJs. And so the growth path is that slowing down. All right. What is the best piece of advice you have given to someone else? The best piece of advice that I have given to somebody is, you know, uh, God will help those who help themselves. Uh, we may have our own strengths and weaknesses and, you know, stuff like that. Stop complaining, stop cribbing, get up, hit the ground, do something about it. It's not about being right or wrong. It's about doing something by helping yourself. So that's the kind of best advice that I have been giving to a lot of people. That makes a lot of sense because sometimes people are looking for a savior, but no one's going to save you. And so, I mean... People are going to save you, but you also have to help yourself first before people can help you or God could help you or a bigger force can help you. You get what you mirror to the world, basically. All right. And anyone else? Uh, I'll jump in. I think for me, accountability is super important. And take learning how to do that and own your side of the street, because the sooner we own the what are a lot of outcomes is related to us and what decisions we made, then we can choose to make different kind of decisions and have better, more healthy communication with people around us. Yeah, accountability. Accountability is the theme between Allison and Jivon's advice, it seems. I will say the best advice I've gave anyone is to believe in the you that believes in yourself. Um, I think everything stems from believing in yourself. Uh, if you don't believe in yourself, you're not going to go anywhere. 
Uh, so that's the best advice I've given anybody. It's true. Yeah. How is anyone else supposed to believe in you if you don't believe in yourself first? You can only meet the world where you meet yourself. I got nothing. <laughs> that one. Um, I guess. I guess my uh, the best advice I've given uh, people is uh, I guess use a task manager. Like um, it helps it helps organize your life a lot more. Um, and if you have trouble sleeping at night and you, you have all these thoughts and stuff like that, it's it's a great way to just like write it down so the next day uh, you can be organized and efficient in, in getting stuff done. The extroverted thinking wants to externalize the logic so you can get it down on a task manager and it'll help streamline things and get it off your mind. I, I find what ENTJs do well that other people could also learn from is that they're good at taking what's in here and putting it into the world in whatever way, whether it's producing results or even just writing things down and making logical structure in the world, basically. ENTJs are, are naturally people who give advice you can do this and it would be better for you te sees the obvious solution so it's like here let me just tell you the obvious solution so they are pretty good at giving advice in general there's some entjs where their their growth path was to learn to not give unsolicited advice so they notice hey this is how i could help you and then they're like i'm gonna wait until that person asks yeah i think that that's the most frustrating thing about being an entj is because it's hard, right? Society is telling you not to be a know-it-all or this kind of thing, but you're not trying to be a know-it-all. You're just like, this is the issue that you have. This is the best solution. And um, I remember when I was younger, it would just kind of be like, well, you're a kid. You don't know what you're talking about. Don't do this. Or don't say this particular thing because it's not right to say that. But it is the right thing if it's the result that needs to be done. Like, if you have an issue, like, for example, if you're overweight, you need to have a better diet and exercise. And, but a lot of people will say, no, that's not, that's not it. That's not what you should say. But I'm like, but it is, but it's not out of, it's not out of spite or maliciousness. It's actually out of love, but also the, the most logical process to say for how to go get this particular thing done. So I think that's what it is, is that a lot of the differences that we're into is that we want to say something that's truthful, but how can we do it in a way that's not how can we get to that point without making it seem like it's tactless or we're not trying to um, sound, come across rude or something that that way. So, uh, you know, like a lot of friends are like, man, I'm, you know, a lot of friends come like, oh man, I'm, uh, I got this problem, like high blood pressure. And I'm just like, Cheerios, eat right, you know, vegetables. And they'll get upset about it sometimes. Then they'll come back like, yeah, you're right. But it's what actually, go with what works as opposed to just how you feel about it. Well said. And so what are the core philosophies or guiding principles that you live your life by, even if just loosely? Okay. Um, one would be improve, be more efficient, remain true to yourself, uh, make an impact and bring your team along. So uh, those are the, the uh, principal philosophies that I live by. Um, and it doesn't matter what endeavor I'm in. Those are what I'm trying to do. Um, that's how I bring my vision apart. So, yeah. The guiding principles that I believe in is empowering people, make them more powerful and enable them. And uh, another one is standing there and face the storm. Don't run away from the problem or the situation or not having those awkward conversations. Stand there, face it, go through it. Running from away from the problem will not solve the problem. It will only increase the problem or 
magnifies the problem. So that's that's the one of the philosophies that I strongly believe in. Yeah, it's, I would say for me, uh, so I, I work in finance, the 80 plus hours a week job. And I guess, uh, so part of that is like all about like efficiency, efficiency, efficiency. Uh, so my, my life kind of revolves around getting tasks done as efficiently as possible in an organized manner. Um, and uh, part of that, I think, is making sure, uh, being, being really mindful of mind share. So uh, I, I find it hard to at least uh, multitask um, and, and just taking tasks one at a time. And so um, I try to find frameworks in my life, like whether it's like putting things in a task manager or, or uh, sending myself calendar reminders um, so that I'm efficiently doing every task um, in, in, in an organized manner as well. Yeah, ENTJs love their frameworks and mental models. Like they like a mental model that will help them reduce the amount of time it takes to to do a certain thing or to get in a certain state to to get a result. And so you'll you'll always hear like specific mental models that help an ENTJ with being more efficient. But yeah, anyone else? I'm just leaving in room. The some of the core philosophies are. I was just having this conversation with my daughter yesterday about. If she believes in one way, that means the opposite of that is also true in the world. So that there's a duality. So for example, we were talking about money and she was saying, does money make people corrupt? And I said, I truly believe one of my core philosophies that money does not make people corrupt. That it is already in them, that the corruption is already there and they already have some darkness inside of them and it amplifies it. So if the opposite of that is true, if they're a good person and they have they want to put out a lot of light and greatness into the world, it's going to amplify that. And they're going to be more generous and more wanting to give to people and make more of a, a bigger impact of light. And I think she really got that because if we believe something about darkness, the light is also true, in my opinion. And... So that is a big, that plays into my money philosophy that the more energy or light in terms of money that I receive or allow, I can make of a greater impact and my kindness or generosity is amplified in that. Yeah, that's a really good way to view money. And it's almost like you're embracing the paradox of life. When you look at one side, the other side has a truth to it as well. And it's true. Money is something that can bring out your inner self. So it, it can make a bigger, a bigger asshole or a kinder saint, basically. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, it doesn't have to corrupt. Absolutely. So well said. Yeah. Awesome. Money will make you more of what you are. I would say a uh, core belief I have is always have a goal. Um, live, uh, I always have a goal, do the right thing and uh make an impact as much as you can around the people around you and um i'm, I'm a very community driven person so a lot of the people that i come across I, I like i love hearing about what people are doing like what are they doing to go make an impact so i feel like i'm making an impact by helping those other people so by doing that like i said having that goal you kind of see that what they want and actually come to reality and so that's the that's one of the things I always try to tell people, like, or my core philosophy is like, you know, make an impact, you know, always have a goal and always try to get those around you to 
uh, hit their goals. I'm more satisfied with other people seeing them, helping them, seeing them hit their goals than I am just of mine alone. So. Make an impact is something you'll hear a lot from ENTJs. And so it's just a common S-E-N-I word, impact. I wanted to add to the impact part, well, about how Dion said, we really want to see other people meet their goals. And that's my whole business model is seeing other people rise. And I think as a core belief of mine, which is in my business, that we're all rising together. And we're all going to be at the top and there's enough room for everybody at the top to feel abundant, to have the, the most resources that they need. So we're all we're all coming together on that path. Yeah, that's a huge abundance mindset. And so that's super healthy. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it seems like ENTJs make good shepherds to help people meet their goals. So sounds really good. All right. And so my next question is, who or where do you look to for life advice? And where would you recommend people to look for advice on life? Okay, this is going to be pretty simple. Um, this is just a, a system that I have ran throughout my life. Who is the best? Literally, who is the best? Follow the best. What is the best doing? Okay. You don't need to play around doing what your friend told you, whatever. Who is the best? So like, let's say if you want to be a chef, who's the best chef? Okay. Follow him. Learn what he has to offer. And then you can be somewhere close. That's just my mindset on everything. I play a video game. Who's the best character? I'm using the best character. Okay. If it, it doesn't matter what it is, go for the best. It's the ENTJ mindset of who's world-class at that. So you learn from the person who's world-class. Yeah, I agree with uh, what Mishar said. And also to add on top of that, I also look for advices from the people around us uh, who are also kind of unsung heroes, maybe, maybe our family members, friends, uh, you know, our partners and acquaintances. You get these small, small bits of family, uh, you know, life advices from them. And I'm always open to those kind of, you know, I'm always in the listening mode to absorb is any kind of advices or good suggestions coming from those set of people as well. The way I approach it is who, like kind of like Mercer said, who has the who has the best outcome, who has the best results. I only want to follow and talk to people who have the same results and where I'm trying to get to. Um, I like a lot of, if it was people that have their relationships, a lot of like, family members is also a few celebrities like like I like the mindset of people like um I like Steve Jobs a lot I did like I like his mindset just on business how he approached things in life um even though I didn't have my dad in my life like that I mean just his advice to me was was uh pretty good I mean um he only we only had one serious conversation the whole life and I like you know that how come he wasn't there for me like that and he was like well son all they did was make you a stronger person and I just agree. I was like, that's true. I mean, I'd rather be strong than to be weak. So uh, I, um, I would say the Bible as well. I'm a big Bible reader. Um, and I, I'm really attracted to bold people. Like, I like the Apostle Paul. Uh, he was a very bold, dynamic person where it's just like he knew how he kind of knew how people were in a sense. And but he also told it as it was like, all right, this is out of love. Like he would write letters to congregations and say, okay, you're doing this, you're doing that, but it's also out of love. But at the same time, you do need to do this. This is the logical side of it. So I would tell people all day, every day, regardless of how the world changes or not, definitely go to the Bible and, and, and God first. And then you can go to all these other people. I mean, because um, 
we're all kind of learning from, you know, different things and people and things like that. But I would tell people to turn there because it gives you a much broader perspective on on things and how to kind of, you know, kind of live life. So. Yeah. So what I'm hearing from all this is learn from the best, learn from people you care about because their life is intertwined with yours. So it's good to learn from that and also learn from a higher source, whatever that higher source is for you, too. All right. So Allison Lawrence. I'll, I'll hop in. I think my <clears throat> core philosophy on that is to take advice from somebody who is one or two steps ahead of me. And the same thing when I give advice or mentorship to people, I feel like I'm qualified to do that if I'm one or two steps ahead of them. And to reiterate what everybody else said, you know, to have a higher power, I think is extremely because we can feel all powerful at sometimes and indestructible. And it, it's great to be able to look to a higher power or a, a different kind of philosophy to allow us to ease into more emotionality and vulnerability uh, or being able to take that feedback. I also wanted to add, I live with two INTJs, my daughter and fiance. And so sometimes I am not right. <laughs> which I have to admit because they're usually right most of the time they're in actuality and I might miss um, some as Dion pointed out in another question I might miss some details of things like I understand the big picture but I gloss over uh, the little minute detail like about the time when we're supposed to be somewhere <laughs> and they both see all those details and they're already like okay well we need to leave the house at this exact time so we can make it there on time and I can just give space and allow for that gift that they have. And sometimes I am right where I can say, oh, no, you guys, that's that's more rare <laughs> about the detail part of the situation. And I, I can take the feedback. I think an important quality, too, is that I can take feedback from somebody if I feel like that's a strong suit of theirs. I, or that they're one or two steps ahead of me. Yeah, so I, I agree with what everyone has said so far about, um, you know, kind of trying to find the best person in a specific field. Um, the, the only thing I, I would probably add is that as, I, as I've gotten older, um, instead of just finding advice from people in my immediate circle or people I, I interact with on a daily basis, I've actually like gone to YouTube, um, like look, follow people on different sub stacks and blogs online because um, there's, there's a lot of specialists out there who, who you can learn from uh, in different ways, uh, including uh, Joyce, your, your YouTube channel on different different points of life advice. So, um, yeah, I think just being being resourceful, like uh, we're, we're in a very interconnected world now. So there's a lot of people out there that, that you can learn from. So uh, yeah, that's that's the only thing I would add. Yeah, the Internet definitely increases the number of sources you can learn from. Yeah, that's a wonderful resource, Lawrence. And so I find a lot of ENTJs, they like to look at the mindset or the mental model that the best use and how can I, how do I build that mindset inside me or how do I build a mental model that will create that result that that world-class person has. And so it's almost like you want to figure out the internal of that person and, and then how to create that for yourself. So, and so to end off this interview, for those of you that like the cognitive functions, you don't all have to answer this. What is your experience of T-E-N-I-S-E-F-I? 
how would you define it in your own words, in your own experience? Um, so TE is just essentially outside sources, uh, being more effective, um, systems, that type of thing. Um, and I was just introverted intuition. It's seeing the best path forward, the best move on the board. Uh, the future for you, uh, SE is kind of like, that one's, I mean, it's kind of like noticing what other people are doing. So then you can come up with like what you should do. Um, it's just, um, that's, that's how I see it. Um, and FI is just your internal, uh, values. Um, what do you find important to yourself? Um, at a basic level, it should cover your feelings and whatnot. So for me, um, that, that's what it is for me. Um, but let's see what other people got. Yeah, I would say TE for me is more problem solving and just kind of observing the world and what, what's going on and um, what's going on, how do you navigate it. Uh, I would say NI is more so like patterns I see when dealing with people or external things, but in a sense of like, um, like when I when I should or when I should do something, what's the big picture behind it? Like if someone's saying something, what's the real meaning behind this particular thing? Uh, SE for me, uh, my experience with that is just more so um, trying to navigate between all the thoughts and things I'm saying to people. Like what's the actual interaction, like the real time experience at that particular time? So it's like if I go somewhere and I've done it through TE and, and I, I'm, in order to maybe observe a little bit more or to actually see what's going on, I can get the SE to kind of clarify the other two. FI for me is more so like family, uh, friends, um, you know, things I hold dear to myself personally. Like uh, like I said, one day I want to be a husband someday for, you know, a wife or my future children. They will have that particular side of me. So I view that as just, you know, personal information, personal things, just everyday living stuff that without any external things, just just existence, you know, and things that you care about. So SE, I'd also say, is making an impact, just getting out there and getting going, um, um, giving a, a, a great experience or whatnot. That's more in the line of SE. Yeah. And seeing the opportunities in the moment and reacting to real-time feedback. Yeah. It's, it's the quickness. It's what causes the impatience in the ENTJ, too. All right. And so thank you everyone for coming out today. I really appreciate the ENTJ perspective. You guys are really concise with answering questions. You're actually like, do, 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 done. <laughs> like even efficient with summarizing the essence of something and just saying it. And then you, you encapsulate it there. I really appreciate that conciseness, that succinctness. And so, yeah. Mercer, thanks for bringing up the EQ points and how that's something that you really look into. Jivon mentioning the emotions and how ENTJs, they really want to improve that. And you're a really cool CEO example of an ENTJ too, like a super successful and like bravo to you, ENTJ. And yeah, Allison is the woman empowerment flavor of ENTJ, where she has this abundant win-win mindset and the rising tide raises all ships. And so you you like to spread that mentality, like I want to help females empower them to meet their goals. So that's great. Using TE for female leadership and, and helping people with getting the dreams that they want. 
And yeah, Dion's doing something similar as well. He's helping businesses make the best business moves. And so that's also helping people meet their goals. And so, yeah, bravo to that. And yeah, Lawrence, you, you bring the ENTJ in our relationship with an INFP perspective. And, um, you know, I do notice there are quite a few ENTJs who date FI dominant types like INFPs or for Mercer, he dated an ISFP. So there's that ENTJ and those type connections that I'm like, very interesting. It offers a, another flavor of perspective. And Mercer is a good interviewer too. And he has an interview of me on his channel. So I highly recommend that. And I'll have all the ENTJs links down below. And so feel free to enjoy these ultra successful and efficiently minded individuals. They have a lot to offer the world. And so, yeah, thank you for coming out. Thank you everyone for watching and we'll see you all in the next episode. Thanks so much, Joyce. Thank mm -hmm. you.